Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are joined once again by the illustrious, the amazing Cody Moffat. Multi talented. Cody, I don't know if we did we land on this before the show. Are you going to play our, our, our transition music? No. No, okay. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Cody is a phenomenal guitar player. He is. And you have your guitar right next to you. We were playing it for us a minute ago. Just play something. You should Literally bust out, bust out the best lick you have. Yeah. That's not the best lick. Yeah, see, that's. That's way better than anything I can My do. goodness, I'm 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 amped up now. Like that that lick just amped me up a little bit. <laughs> yes. It's like I love a it. bog standard. It's gonna be a great podcast. Yeah, dude. Um so this week our, our main segment, we're gonna talk about the the controversy and and feud between AMC Theaters, Regal Theaters, and Universal Studios. Yeah, it's funny, we talked about this like in like in like passing. At, in like passing like a few weeks ago, right? Where it's like, oh, well, you know, this is happening now. And like there was uh, some quote from the uh, the theater association uh, representative oh, uh, yeah, in yeah. the United States. <laughs> and he was like throwing shade at Universal Studios. And so uh, so this is a very, very like drastic development now. In, yes. You know, in you're response spoiling, to, you're uh, spoiling to the segment later, John. I'm teasing the segment. Chris. Okay. You know, right. Just okay. stick around. It's going to be exciting. Are those, are those different things? <laughs> they're definitely not different things i mean people who make trailers are yeah. supposedly teasing you for the for the for the movie but really what they do is they spoil things and i know i outlined i outlined some news uh just two seconds ago before we went live but i also have additional news that i forgot about so you'll be surprised by that in a second there's surprise news surprise news i don't like that that's the funny thing. Like uh, on 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 this podcast, a lot of times we go into the news, and it's like one of us will be like, "I have something," and then yes. it's like, you know, well, what is it? It's like I'm not going to tell you, you know, <laughs> or like we just literally forget, and then we have additional news, yeah. and it's just surprise news. Um, so, guys, uh, briefly, what have you been up to this week of quarantine? Cody, go first. Uh, I started playing Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh, nice! nice. Is it, that's the third one, right? I have no idea. Okay. I got it in like humble subscription. So I downloaded it and uh, recently upgraded the GPU in my computer, and it's like the most amazing graphics I've ever seen. I don't, I'm like constantly amazed by stuff these days. That's awesome. I go from playing the Switch to like this, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you play either one of the other two? I played a little bit of the 2013 Tomb Raider, and that okay. one was pretty good. I just got yeah, stuck yeah. on something that's probably not a puzzle. It's probably just me lost. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple spots in there that I was like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do right now. I mean, I'm notoriously bad at puzzle games, and uh, and definitely there were some moments in there where I was like, I feel like I, I like they're gonna see the data of like this is the average completion time, and it's just I'm just way out here on the edges where they're like, that must be like a uh, an error. Some guy just left his game open. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally just walked away. Like he must he must have had like at least 14 bathroom breaks in there. I'm not even at the puzzle, just like the trail like leading out of the, the level and I can't find it. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. Uh, so um, you've, you've been playing that. Did you, did you get a haircut? Looks like you've had a haircut since we last saw you. It's a secret haircut. Secret haircut? Interesting. I need a haircut real bad. My mom cut my hair. I'm going to I'm gonna have to come up to Detroit so she can cut my hair. 
It's not allowed. The funny thing, I actually got my hair cut like right before um, everything kind of uh, went on lockdown and everything. And so like my hair is like, okay, like this is normal. Like I, I'm still within the realm of like, mm. I haven't missed a haircut yet. So interesting. I'm thinking about just like growing it out at this point. It's real long. Do it. Yeah, I'm for it. I do think that would be, that would be a good idea. Like just embrace, embrace everything, you know, embrace it all. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, um, Tom Hanks and Castaway. Yeah, that's right. I mean, but just cut the front. He skipped a couple of barber, you know, barber appointments there while he was on the, uh, the old Island. I, uh, I also like, that's initially like how I kind of started growing out my beard. It's not like a, you know, back in the day, this is a few years ago or whatever. Um, I just like didn't shave it for a while, and it's not like I made it the in, in, like an intentional moment until one of my friends uh, I I like did coffee with them, and they're like, ah, so you're growing out the beard, and I'm like, you know what? Yes, <laughs> yes, I now. am. I'm already halfway there. <laughs> this is on purpose. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, Cody, um, anything else that you've been up to? Nope. Okay, that's my life now. I walk my dogs a lot. Nice, cool. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's good for them good exercise john what have what have you been up to this week um well i've been playing a lot of Warzone um on call of duty that's uh yes. that's been been uh the primary thing i've uh i've gotten back into uh some switch games that sort of thing that i've been doing um and f- dude i don't know like i asked you this a couple nights ago if you've been keeping up with clone wars oh man no i'm okay so that's part of my news but um uh, yeah, I haven't. I need a. I'm, that's part of my one of my things. I'm supposed. To, I'm gonna do. It's one of my goals this weekend. Don't back up. like anybody. Anybody. Don't sleep on the last two episodes that have happened of Clone Wars. So this is the the. It's we're in the middle of now the final arc of Clone Wars. So it's the final four episodes. We've seen the first two of those final four episodes, and man, like. They are some of the best Clone Wars. They are some of the best, like, Star Wars. Like, this last episode, I really absolutely loved. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's just some of the coolest things that have happened in Star Wars um, ever, I would say. Uh, and so, man, just going into it, like, as far as that goes, like, it's, it's a really, really cool show. And then there's, there is some, like, behind-the-scenes things um, they've been doing. They've been posting over on the blog. And uh, that's some really cool stuff as well. So if you guys are potentially like fell off during the middle, like slow arc that was uh, trying to set up some of the things to come, like just skip forward to like the, uh, the, the arc about the siege of Mandalore. Um, The ones with Maul in them and, uh, and go, go from there. Like those, the last two episodes have been fantastic. So that was, that was something I've been up to this week. So that's still going. I thought that ended like years ago. It did, and then it was revived for Disney Plus, the final season. And what the final season oh. consists of is uh, there were two arcs that were basically already like storyboarded and had versions of the story out there where it's like, oh, these are like just re- like sketches or like really poorly rendered, especially like the first uh, the first arc. With, they're like storyboarded. Yeah, it's like they're just like in CG storyboarded, basically. Um, and oh. then so they they finished those, and then this arc is like wholly, completely has not been told, like wasn't in. In, in a stage of production but it, like it's a story that needed to be told and so they had the scripts or whatever and so then they have are finishing the series um and so the, these last four episodes man they're shaping up to be amazing but even on its own like this last episode was just ridiculously good so yeah like the so what happened was whenever disney bought star wars back in the day mm-hmm. they were airing on 
Cartoon Network, and then they just like mm-hmm. immediately put the kibosh on any new season of the Clone Wars. So it never got an end. It never got a proper end. It just kind of like that was the last season. And so finally, for years, uh, I think Filoni's kind of talked about how he'd love to like um, finish the Clone Wars series the way that they wanted to, or at least give it a proper ending. And so that's what this is. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it was there was the hashtag Save Clone Wars for the longest time. Was it that, or was it hashtag Ahsoka Lives? Well, there was hashtag Ahsoka Lives, and then that was kind of resolved whenever Ahsoka came back oh, in uh, in Rebels. Yeah. And then there was hashtag Save Clone Wars, um, because like it was like leaked. You know how all we were talking about last week, where all these rumors coming out of like Lucasfilm, um, but it was like uh, there was a leak where it was like they're thinking of they're considering doing another season of Clone Wars, and everybody was like Save Clone Wars, you know <laughs> hashtag Save Clone Wars. Um, as fandoms do, and and so the fans, uh, fans saved Clone Wars. So cool. Well, yeah, like, and that's something I'll, I'll catch up to, and and uh, I I'll echo you. Like, I've mainly been up to uh, playing Warzone and still uh, watching a lot of movies. So uh, that's just kind of what I've been up to. Not Clone Wars, playing Co- Warzone. Did I say playing Clone Wars? You said playing wa- Warzone. Warzone. Okay, good. Warzone. Okay, I don't know what I said. Be really funny if you did say playing Clone Wars. Yeah. Dude, if there was a, a Clone Wars skin for Warzone, that'd be so cool. Oh, man, that'd be amazing. I mean, there, there were Star Wars skins for uh, Fortnite. I could see them That's doing right. a Clone Wars skin for Fortnite. That'd be super. I mean, like, if you could be like Captain Rex, you know, just yeah. running around there, that'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Chris, yeah. I have some questions because we had, had a listener and they, uh, they reached out and they were like, hey, you know, with Chris watching all these old movies... Mm. He should like he should half like do like a, a, a like a short tiny little like review of the ones that he's watching. Oh man! Like, so for instance, for uh, you watched the Born series like as of last week. I did. And so like, what was your like? What's what's your ranking of the Born movies now? Oh man. Okay. Um, well, um, first I will say the only one I still haven't watched Born Legacy, the one with Jeremy Renner. I kind mm. of like. I I only remember watching that one once, and I'll probably watch it sometime this week or something like that. But like, I don't remember liking it at all. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say that's the worst. <laughs> um, I think if I was gonna rank them in order uh, from from best to worst, probably at the top, um, I think is probably Born Ultimatum. They probably go in order almost. Born Ultimatum, Born Supremacy, mm. Born Identity, but then Jason Born, that most recent one, is bottom not because uh, I see, I see. It, well like i i like where it gets where like where the story ends basically i mean spoilers for jason Bourne. have you both seen jason Bourne? i've never seen any of these movies okay do you care if i spoil it i'm pretty pretty excited about them now after hearing these reviews okay well i won't spoil it then okay anyway just, at the just end, do it. i'm like, not gonna watch them <laughs> what'd you say just do it. I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> okay. All right. Jason, for some reason, like whenever I'm talking, I can't hear other people talking. Or what? You know, the Zoom is weird. Um, and so uh, Jason, at the end of Jason Bourne, basically, uh, all the people who had anything to do with the Treadstone project or the Blackbriar project, they're all dead and gone. And so he gets this like offer to come back and work for the agency. Uh, and then he like, you know, the person who asked him to come back had just said, if he doesn't come back, I'm going to have to kill him. And so he had been, rec- then he, she goes back to her car and he had recorded her saying that unbeknownst to her. And so it's like, <gasps> oh my gosh. Okay. So like it kind of ends where I was like, okay, in the future, if there were more, he could possibly come back, which would be awesome. I think that'd be awesome. Like, you know, having born back in the CIA or whatever. Um, in the beginning of that movie, 
I'm spending time on the worst one, but in the beginning of that movie, <laughs> there are just like wild plot like decisions that make zero sense, and things are just way too uh, convenient. Like for instance, that's the right. assassin that's coming after him that just happens to be in uh, uh, where was it in um, uh, Iceland or something like that, wherever he was. Who just happens to be there? Happens to be the the assassin who killed his father many many yeah. years before. And she's yeah. like, okay, this is dumb. Um, it's basically it's basically taking like uh, something that is like that that wouldn't happen realistically and shoving like shoehorning meaning into yeah. things. Well, it's like I, let's shoehorn meaning into all of this. And I and I don't I don't That's mind that happening maybe once, but it happens yeah. like several times in a yeah. row where you're like okay, this is just way too convenient and is literally just here to drive this plot forward. It's kind of dumb. So anyway, something else I watched um, this week that uh, I hadn't watched in a while, The Dark Knight Rises. That is a way better movie than I also remember that movie being. Um, it's especially the first half. Basically, until Gotham goes on lockdown, that is mm. a fantastic Batman movie. Yeah. All right. I have specific beef with this movie. Oh, what is your beef? It's my favorite of the trilogy. I know. It's terrible. I couldn't even make it through the first one. I'm, I'm going to say that. Like, I fall asleep every time I try to watch it. <laughs> Not like Batman. I just, like, didn't like that. The Nolan films are, like, too realistic for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that one specifically, when there's, like, the scenes where Batman's out in, like, the sunlight talking to uh, Commissioner Gordon and stuff. And I'm like, it just looks super ridiculous to have like this six foot five dude in a rubber suit in midday talking to a police commissioner. It just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it, 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 like it gets even worse whenever it's a mid... It's a fight, like it's a street fight. Like everybody's out on the streets with all the smoke and things like that. And it's like, yeah, that's, it's yeah. impressive that's the, that there's that many live actors out there, but it also looks ridiculous like for them all to be out there. Yeah, that's at the end. That's honestly one of my least favorite parts of the whole franchise is when Batman uh, fights Bane on the steps of that building, whatever it is. It just looks, it does, it does. It looks ridiculous. You're right. He shouldn't be out in the day. No. It doesn't work at the day. Well, he's I mean, not scary anymore. He just looks goofy. It's in the yeah, name, just, the dark night. You know, this <laughs> yeah. isn't the midday night. You know. Yeah, I agree. So you haven't seen you haven't seen the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I saw, I saw the second one with Joker, and I saw the one with Bane. Okay, so yeah. you just haven't seen the first, first one. one. That's okay, you don't need to with, see that one. Where okay. he fights Qui Gon Jinn, I was like, I've tried to watch it like several times, and I've fallen asleep the two times I've tried to watch it. Yeah, that's that's okay. The so it's Batman okay. begins it, like the. It's, I don't know, like, to me, it's not that great of a movie. Like, it's it's good. I don't think it was as great. Like, for some reason at the time, everyone, it just blew everyone's minds. And I don't really even remember yeah. why. So, I think it was because it was the first superhero movie to do the whole, like, it's gritty and it's real. Um, Wasn't X-Men like, around then, though? Sort of, but like X Men was like super comic booky after the uh, like yeah. in the third one, like in the second and third ones, like X Men got pretty pretty out there. I feel like I need um, to look at the also, uh, timeline here. And they had also, all the goofy like, catchphrases. What Cody? The X Men had all those goofy catchphrases and stuff. Uh, I yeah. guess I just, it's been so long since I've watched any of those old X Men movies. I guess. And I think like it was the first Batman movie to take like the. 
what these days is heralded as like the the best origin of Batman or like whatever with the uh, Batman Year One. Like it was the first one to really take that as its biggest influence, where it's like street level and it's you know and he's the city doesn't know he exists and you know that that sort of thing. So I think so, like the inspiration from it was like super nerdy for nerds, and then the fact that it was like uh, about um, realism and stuff like kind of got the mass appeal. So. Yeah, so basically uh-huh. X-Men came out in 2000, X- X2 came out in 2003, and then Batman Begins came out in 2005, then X-Men The Last Stand, the third one, came out in 2006. Yeah. So, so, so like, X1 was pretty, like, pretty gritty, pretty real, but then, like, once you got to the mansion, it was all all fairly comic booky um, after that point. Um, I'll have to go back and, go back and watch those. Yeah, I mean, anyway, so, like, uh, when watching through those, um, I'm trying to think... Um, what else, man? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I what I probably need to do is probably list out for one of these shows, list out all the movies I've watched during this mm. quarantine, and then rank those. That would just yeah. be like a random a random list I could make. So here's what we'll do. We'll do it the same way we did the uh, what was it the Marvel movies um, back in the day? Yeah. Where like basically you start with the first one you watched, and then like the next one you say is that better or worse than the first one you watched? Mm, yeah, I like and, that. And like we go all the way down, and and you like place them all into that big old line, and then have your like top ten, you know, quarantine movies. I like that, Cody. What were you saying? Oh, I've been watching Community. Mm. Is that did that just recently hit Netflix or something? Yeah, I think I think so. And uh, it's been so long since I've seen it that I've forgotten most of the episodes. I know. So it's like I'm watching it for the first time, and it's really, I just really love it. It's still good. That's awesome. Yeah, like, uh, I don't even know, I can't, I barely remember the last season, if I even watched it. I don't think I saw it. Like, the first three seasons were really good, and then after that, I don't. The the first, so there's there's two things that I have, I have thoughts on as far as community goes, and like looking back at it, and it's like, I haven't watched it in a really long time, so like, I'm due for like a rewatch at some point just to determine like, oh, how do you really feel about it now? Because like, sometimes with comedies, like you watch them a second time, and it's like, they hold up really well, like Seinfeld or something, then other times like you watch it, and you're like, yeah, that doesn't hold up as well, like it's not just not as funny anymore. Um, but at the same time, I will say thinking back about it, I actually really liked season one of community a lot because it was like, it felt like this could have been like a real community college. Like, it's like, Oh, I I know all of these characters quote unquote from like my college classes. Um, whereas like season two, I feel like jumped the shark and like, it was amazing and funny and stuff like that. But I think I preferred the like more groundedness of the first, especially like the Hmm. first chunk of season one. I don't know. I feel like it's like always sunny. Like you, I just wanted to get crazy and be crazy. <laughs> Love always sunny. I know. Uh, I would say essential quarantine viewing uh, is definitely like if you don't watch anything else during your quarantine, watch the episode of It's Always Sunny called "The Gang Gets Quarantined." Oh, I just want to be pure. <laughs> yes, that, that one? yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Um. Cool. Well, that's what we've been up to. Um, I think uh, we have some news. The news! The news! I love it. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. It's a jam. Uh, yeah, I know. It sounds like a, a fun morning show. It does. A fun um, morning news show, Chris. Yes. I'm going to go through this in chronological order um, because most of these are talking about things that are coming up and happening soon. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking, like, what? How could you tell them out of chron? Like, is it like how I heard about them? Like, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So the first first piece <laughs> of news um, is Star Wars Day is Monday. 
May the 4th. May the 4th be with, with you. Several things are happening. Number one, we already kind of talked about it, but the final episode of Clone Wars is coming out on May the 4th. So catch up and watch that on Monday. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm both amped and also very sad because like then it means the Clone Wars is over. over and uh, this last arc... Man, there's so many cool things about it, and I just want to spoil it right now for you guys. Stop but it. No, don't do that. We won't. We'll talk about it next week. Just do it. Uh, number two. the um, I think it's called Star Wars Gallery. It's the, the behind the scenes. This season, this behind the scenes of Mandalorian season one is also releasing on Monday. Just the first episode, though, right? Just like the first they're, episode. they're releasing that one one at a yeah, time. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't know when it's actually releasing. Maybe on Fridays again. I don't know. But like it's May the fourth, so all the all the rules are out the window. So it's releasing on Disney Plus as well. I love behind the scenes stuff. I do too. It's the best. You should watch the behind the scenes for the Mandalorian before you watch the Mandalorian. <laughs> Smart. That way you're not confused. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, number three, also on Disney Plus on May the fourth. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is coming to Disney Plus and along with the, its special features that includes a documentary on like a two-hour documentary on making the, the movie and concluding the entire series. Do they go into Colin Trevorrow's uh, script? I doubt it. At all in the I, documentary? I can't say for sure, but I would bet money on no. Ah. That's a bummer. I really want to know what happened. <laughs> Maybe when we're all 50 years old and Kathleen Kennedy is like, I don't care anymore. And then Colin's like, here's my movie that I made in my basement. Well, see, I don't even necessarily care about that so much. Cause like we've seen, like we've like people have seen the script, the, the story details, of the script has gotten out there. I want to know like, why couldn't we bridge the gap from like that script to like the release? Like why, why didn't he want to stay on with this one? Like no, no, what are, happened? Those issues are too deep for this podcast. That's true. That's true. Uh, um, uh, wait, hang on. I had a... Oh, May the 5th, Cinco de Mayo. Not only should you eat some Mexican tacos and celebrate the 5th of May, um, you should also watch the Jerry Seinfeld um, stand-up special that is releasing on Netflix that day. Seinfeld's a solid comic. I know. Like, a lot of people parody him and stuff, but... I actually like went back and listened to his stand up and he was good. Yeah, dude. Mm -hmm. It's funny because like whenever I watch especially his older stuff, um, so many of those jokes were like expounded upon in the show that it's almost like not as funny because I know the punchlines to them. Um and so like but that being said, they are hilarious. Um and I'm I'm excited for uh the show. I mean I love comedians and cars getting coffee. That's great. And his, I, he had another special. It was like a, I think it was also on Netflix where it was kind of like a behind the scenes of his life slash a, a stand up special. Did you guys watch that? Nah. That was on. I don't like to laugh. <laughs> I just want to sit alone in my house. Uh, but anyway, so that's releasing on May the 5th as well. Um, jumping forward to something that we can kind of just discuss as a group on what we want to see. This is a tweet that was sent out by the Xbox Twitter account today. You want to see games for the Xbox Series X? We want to show you games for the Xbox Series X. Check out first look next-gen gameplay from our global developer partners within, within Inside Xbox this coming Thursday, May the 7th, 
at 8 a.m. Pacific time. So what is that? 6, 6, 6 a.m. Central time? Our time? 5 a.m.? 5 a.m.? No, that's not right. Hang on. It's impossible. That's backwards. It's backwards. 10 a.m. our time, 11 a.m. Eastern. <laughs> All of a sudden, the Earth stopped, like started spinning the opposite direction. I, I love how Cody was just like, "That's impossible." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what do you guys want to see from this uh, Xbox reveal? This is only third party, so this isn't first party studios. Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff do you want to see? We already know we're going to see, which we'll talk about in a second, the new Assassin's Creed gameplay footage. But what else yeah. would you guys want to see from this? I, for me, I feel like there's like a lot of third party games that like we semi know exist. But like, also don't don't haven't really seen a ton of, and so that's kind of what I would like to see. Which I'd also like to see like, so uh, like I mean, I'm thinking of only Ubisoft games now because uh, I'm thinking I was like, oh yeah, they have, they have like gods and monsters that we haven't really seen much about, um, which is the team that did uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is doing like an, an original IP or whatever. Um, it looks like the art, a similar art style to like Zelda Breath of the Wild, like more cartoony that sort of thing. Um, and uh, open world, uh, and I'm excited for that because the open world of Assassin's Creed Odyssey was so good, and uh, so I hope we see that, see some more like gameplay of that, and uh, and get more of a release date. I know all a lot of Ubisoft games were delayed, and uh, and put like it, it basically set them up from being 2020 games to being like early 2021 games and stuff. So it's like within that like launch window of the new consoles. So I would be interested to see like what they, what they're, uh, what they're doing with those. I know um, specifically Ubisoft is uh, releasing everything for the next couple of years on all the systems. So like even past gen systems, like a, like your Xbox one will play uh, gods and monsters and things like that. Um, unless something's drastically changed, but they, they they've been talking about like to their which investors, which sets the clock across the board for Xbox one. Yeah. Yeah. For Xbox one, for sure. Um, but Ubisoft, like in particular, like with PlayStation, like it'll still be on PS4. You don't have to get the PS5 or whatever to play any Ubisoft games. Um, for the next couple of years because like they want to they don't want to like force people into the the next gen you know they want to capitalize on that huge install base um so as far as other other companies like i would love to see something from from uh ea i would love to see something star wars like that's yeah. that's kind of like what i'm what i'm hoping for is like oh let's see what next gen star wars could possibly look like on this machine. like a um battlefront I, I don't know what that means. If that's like a battlefront, they've already said there's no battlefront this year in 2020. Um, but I'm so I I really don't know what that would be. But I think a, a Star Wars game is in order um, for me. All right, Cody, what do you want to see? Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what? Who are the third party publishers? Uh, yeah. So you've got like I mean anything that's not uh, Sony, Microsoft, or um, Nintendo. I mean you've got like the biggest ones: Activision, Ubisoft, EA. Um, then you've got smaller tier um, publishers like Bethesda. I feel like um, Rockstar. I guess Bethesda is going to release Skyrim probably. <laughs> True. <laughs> They've got True. to. I mean, they've put it on everything so far, so yeah. it's on Alexa, you know. What? If it yeah, is? You, yeah, you can play, I think, Skyrim on Alexa. Like, there's an adventure, like, if you if you install the app or whatever on your uh, interface, and that, I mean, you just ask Alexa, like, right now, Chris, just be like, hey, Alexa, play Skyrim. That's, that's absurd. I don't want to, I don't want to play that on there. <laughs> um, it's like, it basically becomes like a text game, like, where, like, you tell her, like, oh, you know, go to this thing, and she'll, like, you know, give you odds to win something or whatever, so... I've been in the Sony realm for too long, so I don't really even know 
what yeah. to expect for like Xbox third party publishers. Yeah, so let's like we, we can just like let's let's approach it like this. So like Sony is has said they're not doing a press conference this year, but so like what I would normally expect if like at E3 it, it sounds like this is kind of in place of some of their announcements that they would normally have at E3. Yeah. Um the people that I think we won't see, I don't think we're going to see Activision because they have really like don't? a lot of no, well, but and it, Unless they're with the new console, they're gonna swap back to Xbox again. I think they. I think they. I think they won't. Um, but I do think that with Sony skipping E3 and not doing press conferences, um, I think that there's there's opportunity because like skipping E3 just in general. Like I was wondering how that would work with a lot of their third party partners because the, the like they get like Activision in particular. Like they pay a decent amount of money. Um, you know, or expect, you know, basically give exclusivity potentially to expect like a certain level of marketing from Sony. And if like, they're not going to get that from Sony, but they potentially would from Xbox, maybe they do switch. It's possible. Like, I mean, I mean, it just kind of depends, you know, like I think that, um, like call of duty, I don't necessarily see them switching the exclusivity back to Xbox. Um, and I don't see them like even, even at PlayStation's press conference, it was always like just a new gameplay trailer from a, a Call of Duty game that was already announced. So I think they're probably they'll probably announce it on their own, and who knows where they'll show their trailer? Um, yeah, because like they haven't announced anything, so I don't see them doing anything there. I think we'll see another like I do think we'll see uh, hopefully um, uh, some another trailer for Cyberpunk. Um, I also think we could see something from Bethesda, uh, maybe. I mean, maybe one of those, uh, what was it, the other two, Starfield and something else that were announced last year. We could see something from one of those, possibly. Um, I'm thinking, like, we know there's at least one Star Wars game in development. The other thing that was interesting that happened today um, is uh, EA announced uh, the, basically, final plan for the final piece of content for Battlefront 2. So maybe like they outline whatever their next, you know, Star Wars game is. Yeah. The thing I want to see is something from Rockstar um on whatever the next superhero, it's rumored that it's a Batman or a Superman third per- third person game. Not Rockstar, you mean Rocksteady? Oh, sorry. Rocksteady, sorry. Yes. Rocksteady. Uh, About the next uh, the next uh DC game. GTA Batman Rockstar. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. Actually. I mean, they did have the driving mechanics in the last one, you know. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Uh, that's what I really hope we see. I mean, uh, other than that, like, the big question, only other big question in my mind is, like, how many of these games, A, will be indie, and then B, how many of them are exclusive to Xbox? I don't think they have to be exclusive, but I think, you know, like, if Microsoft is going to start making the case for why you need to buy an Xbox Series X, yeah. a big thing would be exclusivity. That is a that is a good good uh, good point. I, I, my thought is like I'm just not sure. So this is third parties. This wouldn't be like second parties or anything like that. So like true exclusivity, I'm not sure if that I would mean, be here. Second party only means that it's exclusive to a, one platform, but it was developed by what we call a third party. Right. So maybe that would be here. Maybe. Um, I kind of doubt it, though. I feel like they're going to save all of their like uh, first party and ex- like m- exclusive exclusives um, for whatever happens next. Um, for like whenever they reveal 
um, probably during that E3 week. So like they'll probably do like that as well as reveal potentially the price and date um, for for the yeah. Xbox. Um, and that would be probably like June, you know, late in early June or uh, or or around about that time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like these inside Xboxes are usually like two hours long, and they're usually like you know hosted by people, and they're kind of like a talk show. It's it's gonna be interesting to see like how in the world we're just going to talk about third-party games for two hours. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like, with, uh, with the last one that they did, um, like, it's like everybody's obviously doing things from home, and, like, there's not, like, a produced, you know, set or anything like that. So it's like you wonder if, like, maybe they've recorded interviews with some of the developers of these things or some of the, you know, the, some of the publishing partners for the third parties to air it on, like, a, the inside Xbox or whatever. So potentially um, that would be how they would stretch it out a little bit to where it's like, oh, let's do an extended gameplay with the developers, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's a little dry or whatever yeah, for, I just haven't for some seen things, them. but... I just haven't seen but, them do that on Inside Xbox yet. Yeah. Yeah, that's hmm. a good point. Um, so, okay, so this is Xbox's first foray into here's the games you're going to be playing in next gen. When do you guys think uh, Sony will do the same? I mean, I think as late as possible. Here's the thing. I think Sony is going to do After this all E3? in one, one big event. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, I feel like yes. Um, because they want to... They want to stay probably as flexible on price as possible up until the last second is what I would say, and then they want to, and they will probably do all of their games and then delay or uh, then reveal the price is what I would say. I think Sony's probably just going to go in all at once, whereas like Microsoft, their entire strategy this whole time has been like, oh, here now we're going to see the box, oh now we're going to reveal more details about it to these these tech outlets, and now we're going to talk about the third party games, and then next I feel like we can talk about the uh, first party games, and then potentially if they want to do one more, then we talk about the release date and the price. So I don't know. Like I think Sony's going to do all of that all at once, and it's going to be as as large of a of a splash all at the same time as they possibly can. And so the longer they delay, the more sure their plans are going to be for launch. So whether that's like timing or whether that's price, uh, that sort of thing. All right, what do you think, Cody? I was wondering. I was going to pose a question to you guys. Do you think there are going to be any shockers with this Xbox launch? Like, do you think they're gonna like unroll VR support or something crazy? Oof, man. Like, dude, if if all of a sudden they had Oculus on stage saying that Oculus will work with the next Xbox, that would be insane and amazing. Yeah, um, I I kind of doubt that that would happen. Not saying that it won't happen eventually. I feel like it could happen eventually, but like this early, I feel like. That might muddy the messaging slightly, but as far as like big shockers, I feel like you know if if they do anything that is a third party exclusive in this yeah. reveal, so like this upcoming one, if it's like it's a third party but it's exclusive to the console, um, I feel like that would be a shocker to me. Like anything like that, like any big moves where it's like oh you know we basically bought this exclusive. Um, and you know, at the end, uh, or a year's worth of exclusivity, or anything like that, um, I feel like it would be a, a shocker to me. Um, they have to do that, right? I mean, like, why would they have this conference otherwise? Just to say, like, here's some games that are going to be out on everything. That's well, a good, they, that's a good I point. don't know. That's it's a great. That's a great question. Like, uh, mainly because, well, here's there's a couple things rolling around in my head, and so I can kind of just like let's just I can just put them out there. We can talk about them. But like in that interview that we talked about a few weeks ago that Phil Spencer did with um, IGN, he referenced the fact that 
Um, moving forward, he he referenced kind of like the Xbox One launch. He was like, I don't know how much value there is in, in actually launching with a ton of exclusives. And so I'd rather see a a steady stream of exclusives over the launch year than have them all at once on day one. So that makes me think that maybe Xbox, in terms of first party, isn't going to have a huge first party lineup on day one. Hmm. And so in order to fill that out, they need to showcase third-party developers and what they're doing. And then the other mm. half of that is thinking back to last E3, like even the third-party developers really didn't show anything that they are working on for the future. Like EA talked about, the only game that they talked about was um, their sports games that were coming out last year and Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Like there were no new games announced i don't even think like ubisoft the half of their conference was like here's our update to just dance here's our update to the division here's our new rainbow six maps here you know all the things that are are mm -hmm. uh updates to current games so i, I feel like there's just like I, it's almost like one of those sort of situations where we don't know what we don't know because mm -hmm. we haven't heard from anyone about the future of what they're working on in probably two years now it takes yeah. so long to develop a game now it's probably like a lot of these studios probably invest so much time and money into like a few major franchises at this point because it just takes so much time and money that you can probably only hit like a few big games per console generation, even mm. though the generation could be like six years or more. Yeah. Totally. I mean, you look at um, uh, like it just came out for PlayStation, uh, Final Fantasy VII. They announced that last generation. And yeah. this one came out like toward the end of this generation. The next one will probably come out next generation. <laughs> I bought a PS4 for that game. And like <laughs> PS4 is like sunsetting at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, should I just wait and get like, because they're going to release it again, probably. Like, I mean, they're going to have to. Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, and the other thing about like, about those types of, uh, of like generational things you think about like GTA, like there was like a GTA and a red dead this generation. And, and that was it. But the GTA was in last generation as well. So yeah. it's like, it was just like, a, it was just a remaster. Like literally they're releasing one game every generation and <laughs> a whole you, studio. Yeah. It's, and it, and it makes, you know, bazillions of dollars, but like it's, it still is like, you know, it's like, that's still ridiculous where it's like, Oh, I wonder what next generation's uh rockstar game will look like. That's yeah. why Bethesda's smart. They make one game and they just release it forever continuously for on every generation. They're like, <laughs> we got our game this generation. <laughs> that's amazing. That's true. That's true. I mean, and then, then, then it scales both ways where it's like the switch comes out and it's like, well, this, that's not even like we've done that that type of uh, graphics. Like this is a downgrade at this point. Like let's downgrade it to put it on Switch. You know? Yeah, that's true. That at that point, it's just like a challenge for the developers. They're like, can we do this? They get all <laughs> excited about it. Yes. Yeah, it's fascinating. The interesting thing, like you bringing up the fact that like they may have very few exclusives at launch or very few first party games at launch for Microsoft. Um, kind of like makes me think of like re reminds me of Nintendo's uh, launch with a Switch, where it's like they they released like what like four games uh, right, right yeah. off the, the wild. Bat. That's if all you that, need, and it was and, like one two Switch. Yeah, Zelda. Yeah, Breath of the Wild. Which honestly, yeah. like they could have just launched with just Zelda, and it would oh, would have yeah. been fine. Well, and it was. I guess like the the Mario Kart Arms, 8 like, maybe? deluxe was like yeah two Mario weeks Kart later. 8. That's true. Oh yeah. So which was you know a remake. 
Yeah. Because it takes so much time and money yeah. <laughs> to build a game these days. And then they well, released, like, Nintendo did a did a cadence where they released, like, one thing every month for the following year, you know? Yeah. And that may be the well. way to go, because, like, whenever you think about, the, like, the all the current consoles that are out there, um, it's, it's hard to say that that's the same generation as Xbox One X, because, like, it's just such a... Uh, there's no parity between those two. Like, it's just oh. crazy. But uh, in, within this current, like, iteration of all the consoles, yeah. honestly, the, the Switch has had the most consistent and great exclusives compared mm-hmm. to Sony and Microsoft. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all Nintendo. They just make great games. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's true. And, like, so maybe that's, that's the right way to go. Make great games and release them every couple months. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like, Nintendo has only gone, like, a few months at a time, like, with not releasing something. You know, th- this year, I would say, it's like, we don't know what's coming up next um, for, oh, for Nintendo um, for the follow- like the rest of this year, because just because they haven't said anything about it. Um, yeah. And then there was a time right before, I guess, uh, it wasn't last year, it was the year before, so 2018. Um, you know, somewhere in, in 2018, there was also, like, where it was like, oh, we didn't, we don't know what's going to happen in the next, like you know six to six to eight months worth of nintendo stuff but it wasn't that they didn't have anything it's just that they hadn't told anyone yet what that was so i've been hearing that they're going to release a bunch of mario remakes i know that's the that's rumor what the That'd speculation be awesome. is i don't want to bleed so into in another too. segment if you have that but mario 64 have you guys played it recently not recently no. I, last time i pl- uh was it on the 3ds that's the last time i played it like 1996 yeah well, they might remake that I was hearing like Super Mario 3D World, which would be cool because I never played that one. Mm, me neither. Me neither. And uh, wasn't there like Mario Galaxy? Did you play Galaxy? No, and I heard that one was great too. So yeah, uh, the last thing I'll say about the the Microsoft conference is, I also feel like they're going to add some really really cool games to Game Pass and tease that they're coming this fall with the launch of the new console. That makes sense. And you, Cody, you asked about something. Well, what would be mind blowing, or what would be like, you know, big? I think that would be big. Like if, like, they were like, oh, yeah. and then these, you know, however many games are going to be on Game Pass day one, whenever you buy the console. Yeah, that would be that would be crazy. That would make up for like the fact that nobody can release games because they already blew their like current generation of games. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just like here's all the games right now. We're selling a, a platform now, like right. an online platform. Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. would be, I mean, that would, I feel like that, this generation, it's so interesting because like last time, last time, whenever I bought my Xbox one on day one, I had to budget the money for the box. I had to budget the money for like however many games that I wanted. And I really only had, had money to get like a couple of games. So I think I only got like two games and the box and that's all I could play for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, whereas this time with game pass, uh, it's like all of these games will already be available on that next console and so it's like all you have to buy is the console and you know your subscription to game pass and it's it's there so i think that if some extra third party support some extra third party love on at the launch of the xbox series x would go a long way to for a lot of people to you know go oh yeah that that makes sense you know and obviously the vast majority of them you'll be able to play on your current generation too so it's like why not just get on board with game pass already yeah that makes sense um, all right, so the last piece of uh, news, this is a long podcast episode. Um, today, Ubisoft outlined Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's the new 
Assassin's Creed game. This is a, uh, a press release on the Ubisoft website. It's just a quick two-minute read, so I'm going to read it real quick. Assassin's Creed Valhalla throws players axe first into 9th century England, an age of warring kingdoms and Viking conquest. As Evior, a fierce Viking raider, you'll lead your clan to build a new home amid England's fractured dominions. Launching holiday 2020 on PS5 and Xbox Series X, as well as PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia, Assassin's Creed Valhalla will let you raid, conquer, and fight for glory in a mysterious, brutal new land. In Assassin's Creed Valhalla, nearly every decision you make will have lasting effects throughout the world. Violence won't be your only tactic for getting what you want. A silver tongue can be as effective as a steel sword when it comes to finding a home for your people. Shifting England's balance of power and expanding your influence through diplomacy will likely make you more friends than brute force. Every political alliance you build, combat strategy you employ, and dialogue choice you make will alter your journey. You wouldn't be a Viking raider without raids, and Assassin's Creed Valhalla lets you lead surprise long-ship attacks to pillage enemy territories for much-needed resources, or launch massive assaults against rival Saxton strongholds. Raids will be more action-packed and brutal than anything Assassin's Creed has seen before, thanks to a visceral new combat system that lets you bash, dismember, and decapitate your foes. Evior will be able to dual-wield axes, swords, and even shields against the greatest variety of enemy types ever seen in Assassin's Creed. And if you want to mix it up, the Return of the Hidden Blade allows Evior to assassinate targets with deadly precision. Playable as a female or male, Evior leads a clan of Norse people across the icy North Sea to the Norway to flee Norway's endless war and dwindling resources. If they hope to survive, they'll have to build a new home in the hostile lands of England. There, you'll provide for yourself and your people by constructing, customizing, and upgrading your settlement with new buildings like barracks, blacksmiths, and tattoo parlors, all while recruiting new members to grow your clan. Oh my god. Does that sound like, that sound like enough stuff in a game for you? <laughs> That's why games take so long to make. That was like 50 billion games. You can make settlements. You're a Viking. You be any kind of Viking you want. You have to explore like <laughs> that era of Europe and fight Celts and the British tribes and stuff. Why are Vikings so big right now? Yeah, dude, it's crazy because like it's like it's like a Viking Sim City with, <laughs> with <laughs> I guess I don't know I don't know what else combat and ship combat and like yeah. uh, political like there was alliances like, yeah. like Game of Thrones almost I'm like what it's like is civilization Sim City Minecraft in Assassin's Creed Odyssey like they have some of those like those dialogue choices where it's like oh choose this option or this option and depending on what you do it might wall off like certain areas or it's like it basically takes the story one direction versus another and uh sometimes like that stresses me out you I know? know like yeah. did I make the right choice I don't yeah, know like I've only done it like twice while playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey but like I actually have looked up like what's like what does this do? Because it's like, it seems like such a drastic choice where it's like, it's like spare this person's life or like just literally kill them. And you know, in public, you know, and you're like, what, in what, public. what? Um, and so like, depending on what you do, it like, it changes things. And so, uh, so I've only looked it up twice. I was actually happy that I looked it up only one of those two times. The other time I was just like, it doesn't matter. Um, but like the, the one time I was like, yeah, I'm real happy. I looked that up. Um, 
but yeah, I do, I do appreciate like the fact that like your story would be different than my story, that sort of thing. I think that's really cool. I also think it's cool. Like the way that they, uh, they did it in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, as far as like choosing your character, like you chose Cassandra or Alexios, um, and uh, and if you chose Alexios, you were Alexios, and then Cassandra was in the story. Like you're, you're basically your uh, your sibling was in the story, um, and was like you know, on uh, you know you encounter them, and they they're basically an NPC within your um, your story. Or if you chose Cassandra, Alexios was the NPC in in the story. Um, but drastically like different vocal uh, performances, like where. Cassandra is like in Assassin's Creed Odyssey is like so much like I don't know she did like that voice actor did an amazing job uh with with uh Cassandra and uh it got nominated for I think like best actor at the game awards last year or, or like whenever that game came out and uh and so like I'm so happy that I chose her in that game um over Alexios because it's like oh I'm listening to this you know the this amazing voice actor talk you know for the for the entirety of my hundred hours playing that game versus you know like oh the non-nominated one you know um yeah. you know it's like not like he was it was bad it was just like it's just they're they're different um and yeah. it feels drastically different um so i'm interested to see how that works out with like choosing the characters uh this time where it's like will that play into the story or will it just be like a uh you know essentially a, a voice and a uh and a you know a re like a different character model so yeah like the yeah. like you said like the uh the the choice the decision choices like stress you out actually choosing a character stresses me out because like <laughs> you're you're committing to this character yeah. for probably 40 hours and what sure. if it's the, the not cool one you yeah, know what if like, like you get like 20 hours in to alexio <laughs> and then you hear like you meet your uh, your npc character and you're like why why did yeah. you choose them totally and so like i don't know i kind of just wish they would just choose i don't even care if it's a male or female just choose a character and like let that be the definitive version it's kind of like i wouldn't want to play <laughs> i wouldn't want to have a choice to play either a female or a dude laura croft just give you know in tomb raider just give me the sure. give me the the version of this character you want me to play and stick with it yeah i can see that i also get though in assassin's creed like the most recent games like with uh since uh origins and on like the the fact that like the they've been integrating more of these like rpg style choices where it's like oh yeah like, there's this, all this decision tree stuff well they, they give try me, like, classes then make then make one of them a, a a mage class or one of them a warrior class that's yeah. what i would rather see then that, i can like, i could deal with that yeah where you can choose like hey i would rather play this gameplay style yes um, Interesting. I mean, like my thought is like I I appreciate like uh, be doing like the role play uh, as like Cassandra. Where it's like, okay, what decision would she make or whatever. Whereas a lot of people will play these games and and uh, play them as themselves. You know. Yeah. That's and true. And so you know, so like those are the types of like I am the type of player where it's like I will totally go into like the role play thing where it's like ah you know what what decision like this isn't John making this decision. This is Cassandra making this decision. Or but this I think is that's, Alexia's that's making it, or the, whatever. That's that makes sense in a, like a true RPG where you would like name your own character. Like this is like you can't change Alexios's name, you know. Sure. Yeah. 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 It, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's just like that's just a difference of how a lot of people play. Cause, you know, I've talked to people where they're like, "Yeah, no, I chose Alexios because like you know, I just I wanted it to be me." <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Or or make them like so drastic. That's the other thing too. Where I'm like, if they're just subtly different, then mm. like that stresses me out more than if they were drastically different. You know. 
Like sure. if they if if it uh, if it took you on two completely like almost completely separate campaigns, that actually like intrigues me more than um, it being like super similar. Yeah, I'm always suspicious when they say like your choices matter and stuff, because it's always like your choices matter, but that just means there's like one or two missions that are slightly different. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. Because, it's like, like essentially it's the same it's the same outline, but it's like you color in with different like it's like a coloring book rather yeah. than it being like truly different. Because they pretty much have to develop two different games like at that point with the same engine like. So the sure. I'm I'm suspicious of the things that that news article is promising. Like it's a massive <laughs> undertaking. Well, I mean, you think about things like the Walking Dead games, like they said the same things where they're like, your choices matter, but they didn't really like this the game still ended the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it has the same end point and the same beginning, but like what happens through the middle. I also think like there's been times in the like Assassin's Creed Odyssey where like I've chosen, you know, certain things rather than other things where it's like, oh, save this village or like, you know, or save this one person over here. And it's like, well, I'm going to, I'll save the village. And that person dies in the village. And it's like, there are certain things that where it's like your character is regarded by other people as either like more vicious or like, so people will fear you whenever they talk about, talk to you. Um, or, you know, you're, you're more of like a kind person. Like, so it's like almost like just tinges the delivery of like how other people treat you and that sort of thing so yeah there was uh yeah. so i i bought assassin's creed uh odyssey a few months back it was like on sale for like 12 bucks or something i and i so i started playing it the the first time that that happened and actually like uh i i took pause was there's this village you go to that's been burnt down mm-hmm. and then there's this like sick family and these people are like yeah we had to burn down the village because there's a plague here and we couldn't uh, couldn't get rid of it so we just killed everyone and burned it and we're gonna kill these people and you have to decide whether or not to uh, save these people or to you know just let them get killed and I was like oh man I saved them and then afterwards they're like thank you so much we're only a little sick <coughs> And then they like left. I'm like, crap, man. I just like let the freaking plague out into the world. I don't even, this is going to come back to bite me. I promise it's going to come back to bite me. (laughs) I did the same thing. I did the same thing though, because like the, uh, the, the, the rationale that I had, Chris was that the plague happened in history. Like, it was like, and and this is supposedly in the past. And so it's like, it doesn't matter, like, this, these people, like, if I have this choice, like, that doesn't matter, because the plague is still going to happen in, in ancient Greece, you know? It's like, that's something that happened in history, so it's like, it, it, this will happen, and so yeah, yeah, I'm going to save these maybe. people just because it'll happen. If this is the same version of the past. True, true. That's the other thing, like, it's funny, because Assassin's Creed is, like, initially was all built around, you know, the Templars versus the uh, Assassins, and... uh and there was always this, like, you were trying to find the assassins or the, the the brotherhood or whatever. And now they've gotten to the point where it's just, like, this very – at the very beginning of the game, they reference it. Yeah. And, like, it's just very tangential, like, oh, yeah, they're in the animus. It's fine. Yeah. And then that's the last you hear of it. Yeah. It, it, like, pulls you out occasionally to, like, tell you, like, one little small thing or whatever. And then it's like, well, actually, I've got to go back in and get more information from the animus, like, five minutes later. And you're like, okay, <laughs> sweet. So stupid. I didn't like the animus thing. No, I've I only really played like the either. first. I'm like, this is just an unnecessary layer of, of this. I, every time they pulled me out, I was like, I, I don't like this. I just want to play the game. Well, <laughs> yeah, and that was like, the thing, like. Just give me back. I, 
I like that they've moved away from it because, like, yeah. it used to be if you didn't play the game exactly how you wanted it to, it would desynchronize, and you're like, oh, no, I didn't do it how it was supposed to be done. I'm like, oh, come on, just let me play this game. Yeah, and it's just like some meta thing to explain how games work that, that you don't need. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's true. I mean, it's it's almost like uh, like Ready Player One, you know. It's like yeah. that. I know why my yeah. guy came back to life. It's a video game. That's that's why. It's not. You don't have to explain it with a weird story, <laughs> a weird plot. There isn't thing. any need for like a larger meaning here. It's just yeah. you know, I died and I came back to life. Um, so anyway, that we're gonna get a gameplay trailer next Thursday during the cool. Xbox uh, thing. So um, you should tune in while uh, hopefully Cody can join us again. And we'll uh, we'll we'll talk about that next week on next week's podcast. But not at six a.m. like Chris was saying. This is going to be no. at like ten a.m. So, oh, uh, yes, yes. Or or eleven a.m. if you're on the East Coast. Hmm. And that's the news. All right, for our main segment. Now that we're an hour into this episode, we'll keep it we'll keep it brief. For um, sure. So. I'm going to read an article here from the New York Post. Uh, it came out um, last night around 8 o'clock. Written by Alexandra Strygrad. I should put on my glasses because I'm not going to read, be able to read this well. All right. <laughs> Theaters blast Universal over home rental plans after Trolls World Tour. A battle is brewing between movie theaters and Universal Pictures over its decision to release Trolls World Tour directly to home video streaming services during the coronavirus lockdown. Both AMC Entertainment and Regal Cinemas, the nation's top two theater sorry, pop-up ad, theater owners are threatening to boycott Universal Pictures' film from its screens after Jeff Schell, chief executive of Universal's parent company NBC Universal, said on Tuesday that they that the release to home screens went so well that he expects to launch new movies simultaneously to theaters and direct-to-home formats from now on. Shell said the results of Trolls World Tour, quote, exceeded, in quote, the company's expectations and demonstrated the surprising, quote, viability, I don't know why they're just quoting words, viability, end quote, of at-home video rental. That means they're the suspicious of the viability, like <laughs> yeah. the reporter is. <laughs> yeah. The announcement... Uh, I, they just wanted to use that word without having to, like, you know, change it for plagiarism, you know. The announcement came amid reports that Trolls World Tour has raked in $100 million over the past three weeks, more than the first Trolls movie made during five months in theaters in 2016, which could pose an existential threat to already struggling movie theaters. Cinema houses rely on exclusive films for a two-month period in order to draw customers. AMC, the, big, the country's biggest cinema chain, reacted by pull, putting out a statement on the same day saying it would boycott all Universal films, including its blockbuster series Fast and Furious 9, set to hit theaters next April, if the studio followed through with Shell's plan. While Hollywood studios have been looking at shortening the theatrical window, analysts were split on whether Universal's words were merely bluster or if the studio will change the industry post-pandemic. Uh, uh, I'm going to summarize here. Michael Pachter basically said um, Jeff Shell has no idea if this will work, and he called AMC's response an overreaction. Uh, but then Regal Cinemas, the th second largest theater chain, added fuel to the fire on Wednesday. Quote, Universal was the only studio that tried to take advantage of the current crisis and provide a day-and-date release of a movie that was not yet released. Today, we make it clear again that we will not be showing movies that fail to represent or respect the windows as it does not make any economic sense for us. 
end quote. That was from Mookie Gretinger, CEO of Regal Parent Cineworld. So he's not saying that he, they're going to not show any Universal movies. Yeah. They're just saying we, we won't show ones that they release day and date. Right, right. I mean, and that, that like, you figure, like, oh, that's that would benefit them if, like, they're the only ones showing Fast and the Furious, you know? Right. Um, last year, the movie business uh, generated an all-time record income of $42 billion, and movie distributors' share of that was about $20 billion. The International Union of Cinemas, which represents European cinema trade associations and operators, chimed in saying that the success of Trolls World Tour is mostly thanks to the unusual circumstances of the nationwide lockdown. Quote, when a third of global population is currently on some form of a coronavirus lockdown and only 4% of cinema screens around the world are open, it is hardly surprising that many have turned to video on demand and similar other services, end quote, UNIC said in a statement. And so um, it also goes on to outline how, you know, the, the uh, in the, the shutdown, the theater business is suffering. AMC is kind of on the verge of bankruptcy. They're taking out more debt and they've laid off, furloughed 25,000 workers. Um, and uh, the last piece is uh, another analyst, Craig Moffitt, says that, uh, quote, Universal has toyed with the idea of direct-to-consumer in the past, and AMC responded with the same threats. AMC's leverage at the time was too great, and Universal backed down. Things are completely different now. With theaters closed and with no one sure how many people will want a communal mo movie-going experience when they reopen, AMC has no leverage. AMC needs a top-flight product a, more, mo a lot more than Universal needs theaters. End quote. So that's kind of like where we're at with that. Um, what do you guys think? You think uh, uh, AMC and Regal follow through with their threats and never show another uh, Universal movie? No way. No? No, I don't think that's... Universal has the upper hand. I mean, if they can just stream it directly to the audience, then who cares? My, I mean, question, like... my question, do you think those people who bought like the, the $20... Trolls World World Tour on View and Demand. Do you think those are families who would have gone to the theater anyway? Mm, not all of them. Yeah, it's like a lot of Obvious. people that I know, like friends with, like you know, they have three kids. They're like, it's like you know, a hundred bucks for us to go to the theater, and they just don't go. They just yeah. watch stuff on Netflix. Yeah, that's true. I thought twenty dollars was high, but now considering the whole family watches it for twenty dollars, that's much cheaper. Well, and you figure, yeah. like, in, in especially, like, kids, like, even when we were kids, like, we would watch movies over, I, f I can't remember how many times we watched, like, Lion King or Little Mermaid or, like, whatever. It's like, so once yeah. you have something and you buy it once, you just have it, and so you can just, like, watch it on repeat on all your devices now. Like, it's it, the way that, that, like, the digital stuff works these days is amazing, Um and so $20 doesn't seem like that big of a deal. I think you can also rent it as well, I, th I think, maybe. No, you have, so, to, you have to buy it. So you have to buy it. So it is the $20 regardless. But you can watch it forever then. Um, I think it also like helps that the, uh, the first Trolls was on like Netflix for a really long time. I'm not sure if it still is. But it's like there's a lot of people who potentially didn't go to the theaters the first time around. And they saw yeah. it on Netflix, and they're like, "Oh, this is good kids programming." There's also the kids, I think, a Netflix television series like on on Netflix of trolls, and so yeah. like you have people like that. I'm um, actually gonna I'm, I'm gonna pull it up and see like right now because it might be a twenty dollar rental. I'm just double checking that. Uh, oh wow, because I'm like, that would does be that cannibalize their like later DVD sales or whatever, or like Do digital what sales? Because I mean, they're just skipping the whole making money at the movie theater step. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, uh, if they said, like, hey, we made more on this in a, what did they say, a week than we did in, in what was this? Was it three months or six months? Hang on. What did they say like, in that article? I think it was five. I'm sorry. This is making noise now. Okay. So um, it was at the very top. Yeah. So how many times do you go to the theater and watch something and then want to get it? That's a good point, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah five, more than five months. It made more than five months of the other theater being in theaters. Or the yeah, other movie I mean, I think there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that come into play here. And I think the whole, like, Cody's on it, like, where it's like, so, how many people went to see this in theaters and then would have bought it again? Like, would have bought, yeah, bought it Yeah, this is a $20 rental. It's a $20 oh. rental. So how long do you get that rental for? 24 hours once you start watching it once you select rent you'll have 14 days to start watching the movie and 48 hours to finish it that seems absurd to me I mean, it's still but like, cheaper if, it's cheaper for kids movies like Chris totally. was saying yeah I guess so yeah I mean especially because like uh, again like if I had you know three kids and you're going with your wife you know that's a hundred bucks in the door probably yeah. for tickets around about unless you go to like a early showing plus popcorn yeah. and drinks like you're probably in there you know 150 bucks to go see this movie just Jesus. put it in put in some Orville Redenbacher and uh pay the 20 bucks to watch it here at home i mean honestly like i i i that doesn't seem ridiculous we're going to do it for scoob um coming yeah. up in a couple weeks um and so that's a Warner Brothers movie, which is another part of this that I was like, well, not ever. Like there are like Warner Brothers is also doing this with Scoob. They're about to. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that'll be interesting to see like what happens like at that point. I do think that like Michael Pactor being like that's that like executive should not have like run, run their mouth um, about this. It's like yeah. even if that is your plan, even if your plan is to like yeah. put this out at day and date, like that was dumb. <laughs> It was um. This is the first time, honestly, that I've agreed with Michael Pactor. Most of the time, like I'm like, I wish I could have Michael Pactor's job. I can just be wrong about everything and be just like this, like renowned analyst for video games and media. I mean, then, then the, the few times that he that, that you're right, it's right. like, oh, this is amazing, you know. <laughs> Well, it's easy to look back and be like, yeah, that was stupid what that guy said. Right, right. <laughs> Whereas like at the time, it's like, honestly, it doesn't even matter if you're if the person that you're listening to as an analyst is right, as long as they make you money. You know, it's yeah. like if you're like an investor well, yeah. and it's like, oh, I'm listening to this analyst and he's saying this and you do make an investment and they make you money, even if they were wrong or like slightly wrong. It's like, OK, fine. What's the value in being like a soothsayer analyst for media? I don't know. Yeah, like what's no the idea. like what's what's the career path? Like what's have, the entry level? I don't know. I don't know. How do you yeah, how do you get into that? I don't know. Like what <laughs> what internship should I've gotten out of college, you know, to get Just go there. start hanging out with people and like, hey, I think you should do this. <laughs> yeah. I mean honestly you just have to put it on a business card and people have to believe you. <laughs> okay, so uh back to reality. Like what do, what do you guys think is the, the the end result of this? I don't think they're gonna ban universals movies i mean that's no way you think they're still why would show you go to the fast and the furious the, nine they're just like making themselves obsolete quicker if they do that <laughs> yeah the thing is like i i this game of like chicken that they're playing right now where yeah. it's like they're 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 saying a lot of stuff where it's like we're gonna make <laughs> all of our releases video on demand on the day and date that they're in theaters like well, that wasn't true first of all and then whenever whenever uh, the theater chain comes back and like, well, we're going to not show any of your movies. It's like, well, that's not true either. 
So I don't know. Yeah, I think like I mean, it's, it's largely it's going to be the same as it always has, but like occasionally we'll have a movie show up in like a Regal Cinema or something like that, as and then like maybe a week later. I feel like this is just they just want to come know, to the man. table. Like AMC wants them to come to the table and be like, hey, like rather than the two months exclusivity window, let, you know, for this the, these specific things, let's do like two weeks. Yeah, I mean, we might see a, I think a decreased window, but like at the um when it comes down to it like it comes down to the money and I look at what you know universal is saying and if they can mm-hmm. make a hundred million dollars and when did this release let me just see the the release date a week, a week. I think it said like in a week yeah. a week what you made in five months then why not why would you just not do this all the time yeah and I, and I that's probably what he's like, thinking he's probably looking at the books like holy cow we can make a lot of money <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing about, like, uh, like I said, like, there's a lot of factors here that, like, it's a sequel, so it's like you get all the people that had potentially seen the first one in theaters, like, you're going to get them in the door this time again, and then whoever's seen it since then, like, on Netflix, as well as the kids who, like, are, are love the television show or whatever, it's like people who are new fans, and then, you know, you, you take that and then put on top of it, everybody's got to stay home, it's like, I don't know, it's it, the, all of these things have just lined up to where that is uh gonna be a massive release regardless it'll be interesting to see what scoob does because that's like it sure it's like uh, a known franchise but it's not a sequel like it's not scoob 2 you know it's uh it's it's definitely something that is less of a known quantity so that's uh that's got me thinking like what you're saying like it's got to be something that's well known because think of how many movies you've gone to the theater to see just because there was nothing else on and you just wanted to go see movies yeah. And those like those like C movies or B movies are going to like completely fall off in this model. Or they'll end up as like a Netflix movie, you know, and it's like, oh, well, who knows if your algorithm shows this to you or not. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean totally. Like I mean it's going to kind of remove this the I mean and that's from like us like we love going to see movies, we love going to see a theater, yeah. we love like trying new movies. Um and I probably wouldn't spend $20 to watch it at home. If I didn't already, if it wasn't a known quantity, yeah, and I wasn't like anticipating it, you know. So maybe the movie theaters aren't as screwed as I thought, but I mean, like, here's the here's the thing that, like, in my mind though, that they have to battle against is like, if we learned anything from Blockbuster, it's that, like, you can't fight against the future. Yeah. <laughs> this is a John Henry and the Steel <laughs> Driving Man kind of. <laughs> I mean, we we discussed yeah. this a few weeks ago, Chris. I think like it was whenever we were talking a lot about a lot like a lot of the things like the world shutting down because of the the pandemic, and like it's the movie theaters and like we were talking we haven't been talking about it with GameStop because they they're in this much the same boat. Movie yeah, theaters are in the same boat as GameStop. Too. GameStop was trying to transition into like let's do like in-person experiential community-based things where we gather people physically together in one location to play games on the same controllers as everyone else in tournaments. Gross. And then, you know, theaters it's like, well, we're going to put gross. the people in the same seats that have been there for 25 years you know and we're gonna like you know i don't know man it's just like it's it's a different world and it will be a different world like until probably like a year and a half from now you know it's like i feel like it's gonna take a while for people to really get comfortable being around like larger groups of people or using something that somebody else has used and so like it's 
I don't know, man. It's it, This is like the worst time for GameStop to have made that transition. And in this much the same way, it's like it's going to be interesting to see what happens with theaters that are doubling down on like 4D experiences where like they did all their budget stuff where it's like, oh, let's put reclining seats in there because everybody loves that. Let's do the uh, the uh, t- food comes right to your uh, right to your place, which actually like I feel like that actually makes it better because like they have to wipe down the seats and they have to clean basically everything between yeah. every movie because it's just like a restaurant they have a health code just like a restaurant so um, that's true i don't know you know it's it, th- those i feel a little bit better about but it's it, all of this experiential stuff that you have to be in person for i don't know i don't know man yeah i mean the thing is like i don't I, like i wouldn't even like as a as a theater owner because like at some point this is this this is over like you just have to survive through it so it's right. like even if it is yeah a year from now you just have to make it a year from now you yeah, know whatever yeah. it is until this whole thing's over and so like i get that part of it but i think i just think like you have to you have to look at consumers habits and preferences and figure out a way to monetize those and if uh i was a theater if i was amc much like blockbuster learned too late i would be looking at like how do we deliver movies digitally on our own Mm. platform that maybe we make it a part of like an upgrade to our um a-list movie pass where you can watch a couple movies at home for free that are in theaters view and demand or something i don't know i would if i was them instead of buckling down and saying i'm gonna hold on to the past and the way it's been forever and nothing's gonna change and then they die like i'd figure out okay what is the if i was gonna happen to if i had to innovate right now what would i do to innovate and how would i gain these customers back who now think that view on demand at home is better than a a theater experience what would i do to recapture that audience they're already so far behind like true in that in terms of that like yeah totally because they've been doubling down on what's worked it's the same and it happens time and time again and it's mainly the internet that's driven it and as speeds get faster we talked about that with game streaming last uh time we were together of like you know you just you can't I don't, we just live in a world where things change and you have to, the only constant is that things change and you have to, you have to figure out a way to survive through that and innovate with it and not resist it. Yeah. I mean, so in this instance, um, a video on demand type of a thing where it's like, Oh, you get your ticket, but you also get like 24 hour access to like their catalog of movies that came out like three weeks ago rather than, you know, so they're not out to necessarily everybody yet, but they have like a little bit of a window there. I don't know. Maybe that's something that would do it. But then again, you'd have to get the distributors sign off and if the distributors are making, you know, hundred million dollars in one week, you know, it's like, this is, I don't know. I don't know. It might be too too yeah. too much, but yeah, you got to figure something out. They just figured out how to get like people away from home because it was like they tried the 3D thing where they're like, oh, well, every movie's going to be in 3D. You can't watch 3D at home. Um, and then people were like, eh, 3D is not as big of a deal. Like okay, well let's do recliner seats and let's do the, all all of these things, and then you know this happens. So it's it it'll be interesting to see like how they pivot away from that. It seems like every time the movie theaters like get over like are able to overcome and survive one wave of something, like a new wave of something else comes. So they should just go all the way back, bring back a piano player to play the music for the movie. Just go all the way back. Stuff you can't have at home. Yeah, I mean like you know Charlie Chaplin type stuff, you know. Yeah, that's a uh, that's totally um, like you know you think about Movie Pass that was a huge possible like uh, thing to overcome and Movie Pass kind of just did themselves in is what happened. <laughs> but, but, uh, you but you also, mean letting people see movies uh, yeah. for like one really low subscription <laughs> price? 
campaign all the got movie in on that. There were there just weren't a lot of good movies at the time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I had it. I had a subscription until they they started restricting things. Um, but like that, uh, the thing I like about that is it force because I love the A list movie pass that I have at AMC. Like, um, and so. Th- it forced the movie theaters to innovate, and hopefully this will do the same thing and force them to innovate in a way that is positive for the consumers. And that, at the end of the day, that's 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 uh, only good for the future of movies, the future of movie viewing, the customers, and hopefully the long-term health of the theaters. Um, I know it's it's tough. It's rough to go through stuff like that, but it helps you in the end. Or if it doesn't help, it's like as long as it doesn't kill you, you know? <laughs> it's like it, it, it will at the very least yeah. be different. Yeah, doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's what Kelly Clarkson told me. Well, I mean, like you think about like uh, the music industry, for instance, um, and then the music industry in 2000, whenever Napster happened, like everything crashed. And so, but then like now there's streaming services. It's way different. How people make money, how labels make money, how artists make money is way different and uh, now than it was. And so it's not the same. And as long as you, you know, you survive, as long as the industry survives, as long as the, the various, you know, people in, involved survive, it's like, well, you can, you know, it's different, way different, but I don't know. Is it better? It's like, it's just different. So, and they're not suing 90 year old women anymore or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I don't think it's smart for the theaters to get into like trying to become digital distributors. You do or you don't. I don't think it is because Universal can already do that. Like, why do they need a middleman? I mean, that's true. I mean, Universal, they they haven't launched it yet, but they're about to launch that Universal uh, streaming service um, for their like back catalog and their television shows like The Office and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, it's coming. I mean, that's the problem, though. It's just like movie theaters just have they have to figure out how do you get people in your doors whenever it is so easy to watch almost anything you want at home. Go karts. <laughs> they're just gonna have to add art, more arcades. Yes. Go karts, roller lasers. coasters, lasers. I love yes, Beer. yes. Yeah, it's just gonna. It's. I mean, if there was if there was like lasers coming out of the screen, like in Star Wars or something, I'm. I I i can not say that I wouldn't be in for that. Yeah, paid actors. It's dangerous, but yeah, paid actors. Yeah, I mean, if 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 like uh, you know uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega just show up in your screening of Star Wars, like why not? I'd go see see it multiple times. They should just become like little comic cons. All right. Well, do we have any uh, any final thoughts on on this? That was my final thought. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. So hopefully, uh, Cody, you think you want to you want to join us next week while we uh, talk about the Xbox announcements? I don't know, man. I'm pretty busy. Okay. Like, I got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the same exact words I believe you said last time you were on the show. Yeah. Then I didn't show up because my internet went out. <laughs> <laughs> you really were, yeah, you really were busy. Like he said, he was busy. So, okay, cool. He was well, maybe busy we'll see like you. Re- repairing the internet. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we'll see you next week, Cody. Um, we'll ha- have you play us out here in a second. This can be an extended song. We can. We'll. This doesn't have to be anything quick. Um, you can find us online at stayintargetpodcast.com, on social at Chris Wright two five zero and John Wright seven seven seven. And Cody is on the dark web. Uh, please go no, to your podcast not. service of choice. What? <laughs> not on the dark web. That's for criminals. <laughs> He's, you can find him on Reddit pages somewhere. Don't. No? Okay. Uh, I don't know where to find him then. You can uh, try to hack his internet in <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> please go to your podcast service of choice. Review us. Tell your friends about us. We really appreciate it. That's it for this week. 
We'll see you next time on Stay Stay on on Target. That was lame. That was awesome. I loved it. All right, I'm going to stop my recording.